You're listening to audio from Redeemer Church in Lubbock, Texas. Redeemer Church is a gospel-centered, missional family of disciples making disciples and churches planting churches. If you would like to get more information or donate to this ministry, please visit RedeemerLubbock.org. All right, well, good to see you all. My name is Dusty. I'm one of the pastors uh, at Redeemer, and we're going to be in John 10 talking about Jesus as Good Shepherd. And initially, this may seem like one of these archaic, you know, Bible uh, Bible things, but <clears throat> I realize that we got a lot of people here from Round Rock and the Woodlands and Plano and Lubbock, and you're like, dude, I don't know the first thing about sheep ranching, you know. And it's not exactly like I've got this great ag background either, uh, but I, I think we'd be making a big mistake to run past this because I think with just a little bit of explanation, we're going to be able to understand the the metaphor that Jesus is using here that came with a lot of significance. And we're going to get into that in just a minute, and I think one of the main reasons why this is so significant is because. The, um, the thing that Jesus is going to be interacting with, even calling us sheep, is uh, making a real statement about our vulnerability. You think about sheep, uh, kind of plump, slow, delicious, um, you know, hooves, there's no like claws, there's no fangs. I mean, there's no, not really, not real smart. And you're like, wait, is Jesus saying that all about me? I mean, yeah, that's kind of built into the whole thing, but, uh, but we are really vulnerable. And some of you right now, whether you're here in person or you're watching online, like you really feel your vulnerability right now. I mean, you're like, man, I'm hanging by a thread. I mean, you, you know that you are like you, you may feel it. Like there may be some emotional things that you're dealing with where you really feel um, how lonely you are, um, how depressed you are. Maybe you've got a relationship that is barely hanging in there or has actually unraveled on you. Like some of you are like, man, I'm incredibly vulnerable and I feel it and I know it. There are others of you that are here that you may not necessarily, like even the word vulnerable, you're like, oh, uh-uh, no, 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 that, that isn't really me. But, but I think that all of us, we really are. I mean, it, it may not all be, you may not be feeling like on an emotional state vulnerable, but there are other areas of your life where you are feeling that. It might be broader economically, like you're looking at your investments and your future and your savings, and you're like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen to the market? What's going to happen to our overall economy? Or on the micro, you're wondering, am I going to have a job like at the same kind of job that I've got right now? Like, is that still going to be there in a year? Or um, you're maybe you're a college student and you're you know doing all this work and taking on some debt, and you're like this is all fine and good, but when I get done, is anyone going to want to hire me? Are there going to be neat things like jobs waiting for me whenever, whenever I'm done? You know, maybe in high school, and you may be thinking, or junior high, and wondering, am I going to get to play my sport this winter and the spring? Am I going to, you know, or whatever it is, am I going to get a prom this year? And so on and so forth. Like, I think there are things like that where we do feel our vulnerability and on a lot of different fronts. You may feel it politically, like where's our country going? And and how are things going to play out? Is it going to be the bloodbath that it seems like it's going to be over the next few weeks? We are going to have, by the way, lots of fun. I'm going to do a, a two-week series on politics and government next week. It'll be great fun starting next week. Uh, so pray for me. Um, but you, you feel like you're feeling anxious and even vulnerable. Society feels vulnerable. You're not sure where COVID's going. And, and so I think on a million different fronts that, that we all are, we are vulnerable. I will add pastorally from over the years of just working with, with people that um, we, are, we are more vulnerable than we know. We really are. And I feel like right now, I had a pastor friend of mine say this, that he feels like whatever problems people had are like on steroids right now. So it's not like a good marriage, for instance, turns bad over uh, the past few months. 
but a struggling marriage, it's like get a, gets a steroid injection. Whatever problems are there are intensified. And if you struggled with addiction, if you struggled with anger, if you struggled with anxiety, if you struggled with kind of being combative, it's all just kind of heightened right now. And I think that's all true. I mean, we're incredibly vulnerable, all of us, uh, more than more than we even we realize. And so it's against that backdrop that, that Jesus says what he says. So we're going to jump in now and work back through John chapter 10. But I would like to pray for a minute for you, especially for those of you that immediately vulner- identified as vulnerable right now. Like if you're like, yeah, that's me. Um, I want to pray for you right now, that the Lord would meet you in that and you would experience that um, while, while we're together. Lord, would you, for those that feel that right now or feeling vulnerable, maybe a, an estranged relationship with a kid um, that's just kind of gone off the deep end or a, um, a marriage that's really struggling or just somebody that's really lonely um, or we're just really not sure where uh, rent's going to come from next month. Or, I mean, it could be anything that someone that's feeling it right now, Lord, would you meet that, meet them in that, even ones who aren't feeling that right now, uh, but would perhaps experience um, and see with fresh eyes their own vulnerability in a million different ways to sin, um, to despair, to loneliness, and Jesus, that you would meet them there. So Lord, would you use your word for that? Speak to every soul, uh, lift the head of the lonely and the vulnerable, and I pray that in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, well, let's work back through and see if we can understand a little bit. Um, I'm going to use the first six verses to kind of explain why Jesus is talking about us as sheep and us being vulnerable and his ministry in relation to that. So let's work back through. Verse 1, truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters the door is the shepherd of the sheep. Uh, To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. Um, Verse 4, I'm just going to go and read all the way through here. When he has brought out all of his own, he goes before them. See this leading function, um, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. That's repeated. A stranger will they they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Verse 6, the figure of speech Jesus used with them, uh, but they didn't understand what he was saying to them. So you are in good company if you're like, I don't get it. Shepherd, what? You know, um, that, okay, well, the the disciples and the other people that were listening were like, I don't get it either. And they even would have understood the whole shepherding world more than us. Okay, so let's try to understand it. Um, So what what people would have done, from what I gather, because I also don't have loads of experience with uh, sheep ranching uh, from my career or my background growing up in Fort Worth, right? Cowtown or not, I I did not have a lot of livestock running around um, in southwest Fort Worth. So... Um, so what I've learned is, is that what a lot of uh, what these you know sheep ranchers would do is they would kind of pull their sheep together, oftentimes put them in a pen, and then uh, shepherds would come and uh, they would enter by the by the gate, by the door, and it'd be like a corral almost, like a cattle pen. If you've seen one of those, that might be a little bit more familiar to some of you. And you'd come in by that gate, and uh, the shepherd, um, a lot of them would have like distinctive calls. I don't know what those would have been. If it's kind of a one of those or a something like that. But whatever it was, is that they could do their and their sheep would know that that's the double click. That's my guy. And they would kind of make their way there. And then he'd lead them out. He knows their, he knows who they are. Like how that one over there didn't pay attention. I said, 
Oh, okay. And then they come over here and then, um, and then they know their shepherd's voice too. And so he's going to, he knows them by name and he, he leads them out and then he would lead them to go feed and go lead them to, you know, to get, get water and they would graze and they would drink and then he'd take them back in there. And so that, that's what he, he's making that analogy and saying, that's what I am. I'm the, I'm the, I'm the good shepherd and I am calling out, I go through the door. He's going to do an interesting switch to that analogy in just a second in relation to the door. My sheep know me. I know them. On the other hand, by contrast, the thief and the robber, and these would be, you know, all anti-Christian forces. So Satan himself, um, wolves that would seek to destroy, um, they're, they're going to come in from the side, right, and try to pick off vulnerable sheep. And, um, and that's the reality of it, is all of us really are vulnerable, and even this whole analogy is setting that up. So Jesus is saying, that's not me. I come in through the door, and I know my sheep. I'm looking out for them. I'm not trying to destroy them and take things from them. God is never looking to take anything from you. He looks to give and to serve all the time. Um, sin and all of, its, um, all of its expressions is uh, destructive inherently. And you, you think you can have both, going, well, I'm going to have a little bit of my own thing, and I'm going to kind of do some of the Jesus thing. I'm, I'm going to do my own thing on this one issue, even though I know God says not to or he says to do it, but I'm, I'm going I'm to try to do both. Sin always destroys, and it's looks to take from you and make all these promises. So um, there's something more, though, that Jesus, in addition to making this case here with this analogy, going, you're vulnerable, and I'm coming here to take you out, and you're going to know my voice. I know who you are. I'm going to lead you. Um, that there's also some prophetic fulfillment here that would be lost on all of us. A Jewish audience that would be hearing this, they would hear Jesus talk, and they'd be like, wait a second. Are you saying what I think you're saying? So like Ezekiel 34 this is interesting. Ezekiel 34, I'm just going to, this will be up here on the screen, um, just some excerpts of that chapter. Ezekiel's writing at a very vulnerable point in Israel's um, life in the Old Testament, hundreds of years before Christ comes, and they'd had bad leaders that stood in David's line and um, had not honored the Lord, among other things. There's a lot of other issues going on, but here's a promise for the future. For thus says the Lord God, behold, I myself will search for my sheep and I will seek them out. So he's saying, I will come look. I will come look for my vulnerable sheep, personally. As a shepherd seeks out his flock uh, when he is among the sheep that have been scattered, so I will seek out my sheep, and I will rescue them from all the places where they have been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness, and I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries, and I will bring them into their own land. So a promise of those that have been in exile and other places, I'm going to bring my people Israel back. I myself are going to shepherd them. In verse 23, you're going to see that there's a near-term fulfillment, but also a distant-term fulfillment um, that would be happening now with Jesus. And I'll set up over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he shall feed them, he shall feed them and be their shepherd. And verse, on down to verse 31, and you are my sheep, human sheep of my pasture, and I am your God, declares the Lord God. So there's a prophetic hope in the Old Testament that there's going to be one from the line of David who's going to come, and he is going to personally come and shepherd God's people. So that's the promise. And so when Jesus says, hey, I'm the good shepherd, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be taking care of my sheep. In addition to that being a really cool picture, given how vulnerable we are, in addition to that, there's all of this in the background, and the Jewish hearers would have been like, wait a second. Are you saying Are you saying that you're the Messiah? Are you saying you're, you're the one from David who's going to come and shepherd us and who's going uh, to bring us out and you're going to feed us? You're going to know us? You're going to shepherd us personally? And y- Yes, 
Yes, that's exactly what Jesus is saying. Um, pretty incredible. So, uh, yeah, we're vulnerable, but this is what Jesus is leaning into. Let's move on to verse 7. He's just going to clarify a bit more. It says, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. This is really interesting. So earlier he's saying that he's the shepherd. So he's going to come in through the door and he's going to, you know, do the and whistle and, you know, come and follow me. And, and I know which ones are mine and they're, you're going to come follow me out. And, 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 but here he's saying, in addition to he being the one who's actively going to care for you, that God's provision is going to be through his Messiah, Jesus. He's also saying that he's the door. He's how you get in also. And you're going to see how that happens in just a moment when he says, hey, I, I lay my life down willingly for the sheep. It's going to be through Jesus's death and resurrection. That's how you get in. So if you're here, you're watching online and you're like, man, I would, I would love to know how God would personally shepherd me because I'm feeling my vulnerability in whatever way that you are. And I would love for the God of the universe to shepherd me like that. How you get in is through the door, Jesus Christ. He's the shepherd, but he's also the entry point through his death and resurrection, which you'll see here um, in just a moment. Verse eight, all who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep didn't listen to them. So here he's pointing back to that. There, there are lots of voices out there, lots of voices, and not all of them are good. Uh, verse nine, I am the door. There it is again. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. Talking about eternal life and will go in and out and find pasture. You will eat and you will drink you will prosper there. Uh, verse 10, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came, by contrast, that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. This is so cool because what Jesus is saying is through him, I'm the door, I'm going to lay down my life. And as I lay down my life, uh, the thief is coming to kill and destroy, but I'm coming to save, one, two, to give you abundant life. Now, I used to think abundant life meant one of these just happy-go-lucky people that's just always happy, fake or otherwise, going, how are you? I'm blessed. You know, I'm, uh, I'm not getting on you if that's how you answer uh, that question, but I'm just saying everything is always like, oh, it's amazing. Everything's good. At every turn, just winning. Life's great. Happy. Incredible. How's your marriage? Amazing. Kids? Incredible. Honor student? Uh, whatever. I mean, all that stuff. My, my honor student beat up your kid. I'm just putting it all there together. Like I've got whatever, whatever it is that's a big win for you, for you, that you've got all these things. I'm just winning and winning and winning and blessed. It's great. Now, I used to think that's what it meant. And then you realize, well, no, the, the promise here isn't that you're going to win at every turn and that life's going to be amazing at every turn. But instead it's that, hey, that through this good shepherd in the middle of all of life's difficulties, even in the middle of some self-inflicted problems, in the middle of all these things that um, what he's going to be for you is he's going to be this good shepherd that is going to not only save you through Christ, but also give you something that isn't like the stock market going up and down, up and down based on your circumstances. Because that's what we're left with. Oh my gosh, is our country going to unravel? <laughs> oh wait, it's incredible. I got a promotion and oh no, my marriage is struggling and oh wait, I, I, got, a, I got a really good grade and oh wait, you know, it's all up and down. That abundant life is, is that your hope is fixed somewhere else other than the ups and the downs. That's the whole point of it is through life's ups and downs uh, that you would experience the, the kindness of, uh, of a good shepherd that's looking out for you at every turn. That's what he's getting at, this abundant life that is, you're not just uh, attached to the tyranny of the ups and downs of what you're experiencing. And so, yeah, we are vulnerable. He, we're incredibly vulnerable. 
vulnerable. But what Jesus is saying is, is that with all of these threats, crazy teachings that are out there, crazy ideologies, you know, with cable news and social media, and we're just being bombarded with it all the time. We're hearing from it all the time. All, all these things that are there, sin is so enticing. The thieves and the robbers and the wolves would love to devour you, take you, use you. And they're saying it's going to be so great if you come out here and do this. If you come out here and experience it, get out of that pen. That pen's confining to you. Um, get out through the side over here because um, th- that's, that's nothing but um, the constriction of religion and rules and all these things. Come over here and it's really great. But all these voices are looking to destroy you and take from you. And God's saying, look, I come, I come to do good to you, to take you to pasture and to feed you and to give you life and to save you and give you abundant life. I want to um, skip down a couple other verses. I'm not going to spend much time with these, but I just think they're so awesome. I'm just going to pick up in verse 16, um, and it says, and I have other sheep that are not of this fold. So let's just pretend that all of you in this room are Christians, which almost certainly wouldn't be the case. I always have non-believing guests that are here and so glad that you're here. Um, but let's just pretend a room full of people um, that are all Christians. Um, he's saying, I've actually got sheep out here in our city. Um, that right now don't even know that they're vulnerable, uh, don't even know that they need me. Like, I've got some of them. Um, I've got some among the nations uh, to the ends of the earth that don't even know who Jesus is, don't even know a Christian. He says, "I, I have other sheep that are not of this fold. Listen to this, and I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice. Isn't that cool? I've got other sheep that you work with and you go to school with who are not here right now. Maybe some that are, and I'm really grateful for that. They're scattered among us and they're scattered among the nations. And I'm gonna go, I'm gonna bring them and they're gonna listen to my voice. I have designs on them. There are some right now as we scatter seed broadly through this sermon, through um, you going and telling people about Jesus, some of our goers that are gonna go to the ends of the earth. And I've got designs on them and they are going to hear my voice because they're my sheep. And I'm gonna, do my, and they're going to be they're they're going to be awakened like you were to the good news of Christ as they hear the gospel message of Christ's death and resurrection. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me because I lay my life down and I may take it up again. I'm going to die and I'm going to come back to life. He's talking about the cross and the resurrection again here. Um, this is going to be how it is that that Jesus becomes um, the shepherd of his flock. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own accord. That reminds me of elsewhere in the New Testament where it says that for the joy set before him, Christ endured the cross. And so he wanted to. I've heard sermons before where I've heard people say, well, and God's plan kind of went awry and then the Romans you know, got him and then you know, they crucified him. There wasn't any plan going awry here, y'all. Um, before Jesus died, he says, I lay my life down willingly and I will take it up again too. Um, that's the resurrection. It was all on purpose, all of this. This is the means by which he would be our shepherd. I have the authority to lay it down. I have the authority to take it up again. This charge I've received from my father. I just think that's so much cool stuff in there about the father, his authority and his direction, the son's submission and the glorification of the father, them working in this way. And um, the part where Jesus is saying, hey, we, I get you in the pen here. Everything's great. You're safe. You're protected. I've got to go get a couple of my friends. And actually, if you extend the metaphor out, I'm going to, I'm going to send some of my sheep out um, in my power so that we would gather some other sheep that are not of this fold. Um, This is the power of grace. It's the power of the gospel message, and we're included in that. You're going to hear that story today in a really cool baptism in a bit. So um, I want to just chat for a minute about God's care for us. 
Um, and um, I, I was uh, talking to some of our staff on Wednesday or Thursday, I can't remember what day it was, and I was more or less kind of practicing the sermon. And one of our staff members, um, Leslie, who works in our college ministry, said, hey, you know, a thought on this. Uh, there, I've read a book by a guy who actually spoke here years ago, and he actually had four points about um, the shepherding function that not only Jesus has, but even we share in together with the church. And I, I, she told those to me and gave me the book, and I read them and thought they were really helpful, and I wanted to share those with you. So um, there are four aspects of this, of Jesus's care for you and uh, as a sheep. The first one is that he knows you, that he knows you. And this is really significant, um, that sometimes I can feel like I'm all on my own on, on this whole thing. And uh, maybe not all of you feel this. Maybe it's some of my baggage from um, growing up as a kid and the life that I've lived. But I just tend to think I'm on my own in life. And how significant is that, um, yes, that, that corporately, like those are all sheep in that pen. And God deals with us together as a people. But there's also something where God deals with us as an individual. And it's not just in general he's saying like that, but looking at you in the eyes and saying, you, you your story. Like he knows, he knows, he knows what it means to be you. And maybe some of you carry some real pain in your past and things that have happened to you. And you wonder, God, did you see that? I guess not because nothing happened because they got away with it or it just happened and, and nobody cared. Nobody noticed. I was left to fend for myself. And he says, I saw, I cared. I know your name. All right. So I want you to know that no matter how much you may feel lonely, you may even be in the same house with someone and feel so alone right now. You may have roommates. You may be busy. You may put on a smile. You may, you may, everyone may think everything is fine. But deep down, when, when earlier when I was talking about some of you know you're vulnerable and you're like, yep, that's me, that I want you to know that he sees you and he knows you by name. In fact, he, um, if you're a Christian, like he, he sought you out. Like, he, he, he called you and brought you into his, his family. And um, what a beautiful thing it would be if you haven't experienced that. If you did, he knows you. The God of the universe knows you, knows you by name. And I think it's something powerfully that we join in together as Jesus' church whenever we know each other's names. And obviously, I can't do that as one, like one person here, but hopefully together as Redeemer's pastors and our, in our small groups and among our membership, that we can, how powerful it is to be known by people and even our particular struggles and challenges we're going through, incredibly powerful. Um, so he knows you. Uh, another thing is he leads you. This came out really clearly in this passage where he said, hey, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come in through the door. I also am the door, um, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lead you out, and I'm gonna, we're going to go eat, and you're gonna, I'm going to give you abundant life. You're going to drink, and then I'm going to take you back into the pen. I'm going uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to lead you. That he's not just leaving you. I've, I've gathered this um, impression before in kind of my brand of Christianity I grew up in. And it was kind of that where, hey, you're going to get saved and then you're just going to kind of be out on your own. And I don't know really what you're doing. Maybe going to church a little bit, maybe writing a check here or there, not really sure. Um, you know, but eventually you'll get beamed up and it'll all be good. But he's saying, no, I'm, I'm actually taking you somewhere. I'm actually, I'm going to lead you for your own good, but it's really towards Christ. Like he's also the destination in this uh, analogy where um, he's going to lead you towards himself, towards holiness, towards growth and grace, towards heaven, towards eternal life, and that he is the destination of all this too. And so he's leading you somewhere and uh, leading you that is simultaneously for your good and for God's glory. So there's an element of leadership. So he knows you and he leads you. Uh, another part of what Jesus is as the shepherding Messiah is that he feeds you. 
who feeds you. And yes, physically, uh, Jesus told us to pray to him that God would give to us our daily bread. That would include, uh, you know, through vocation and other means that God actually physically feeds us, but it's also spiritually. And my concern is I think we have a lot of malnourished uh, sheep running around here. Instead of being plump and uh, cute and b- bouncing around there, and that there were kind of like you know lots of ribs that you could see, and um, and the reason is is God has some appointed means by which we eat, all right, that He feeds us, and it's through His Word. And so, for instance, this sermon right now, gathering together as God's people um, in uh, worship services like this, ideally in person, but for a season, for some of us, it may be online, but we're hearing from God. He's um, nourishing us through his word. Um, we read that word individually, even throughout our week, where we, he feeds us whenever we individually read the Bible. He feeds us with Christian relationships where uh, people are, uh, are there reminding us of God's nearness and presence and concern for us, but even reminding us of what's true biblically in terms of the promises we have from God. And so he feeds us. And I think there are a lot of us that are incredibly malnourished that um, I've heard these things called means of grace before. And God has these, the songs of our corporate worship and our, the preaching and communion and baptisms we get to hear and see and these relationships and the Bible and the promises and the spirit. And we have these things and these are the means by which that, that he nourishes us. But whenever you, you disconnect yourself from these means and we're not eating from there, we wither up. Um, the ribs start to show, and, uh, and then we're even more vulnerable than whenever we started. But God feeds you. He leads you out of the pen and actually takes you, uh, takes you to the pasture, takes you to the water. Um, lots of malnourished people, though, that I grieve. Um, finally, he protects you. So he knows you, um, he leads you, he feeds you, but then he protects you. So here's the thing. Um, all of us vulnerable here, and the worst part of it is, is that we're gonna uh, we're gonna be led astray by our own desires a lot of times. Earlier, Jesus is talking about thieves and robbers. Um, a lot of times, we're our own thief and robber. We have these other desires, and we're like, oh man, that'd be great. I know God says this, but. I think that you know that's kind of outdated, and plus, it's so hard to be me. And so, what will happen is we'll be in the pen, and you'll look outside the pen, and you'll think, "Oh, that's a puppy. I love puppies. It's a cute little puppy. I'm gonna I'm just gonna slide out through the gate, you know, the side side over here uh, in the fence, and oh, I'm gonna follow the puppy. Oh, that's a neat cave. Oh, cool. There's ten puppies in this cave. Um, wow, those puppies have sharp teeth and pointy ears and claws, and they sure are growling as they get closer." Oh, those aren't puppies. Those are wolves. And, and so, and then all of a sudden, um, you hear a, you know, and, uh, and you're, you're like, yeah, but I, and you're, you're wanting to go over there. One is now gnawing on your leg and you hear even a louder and, and you're like, well, I don't know. I think I'm fine. I don't really need that leg anyways. Plus this is incredible. I love, I love puppies. And, and so, and then next thing you know, Jesus, uh, the shepherd comes in and has that staff and he is pounding over the head of one of those right there. And you may be like, no, not sweet Jesus. Heck yeah, sweet Jesus. Um, because here's the thing, man. Um, Jesus is kind and gentle. You can bank on it, all right? That he is a kind shepherd that seeks to de- do you good, but he will show his teeth, all right? He will show his teeth. You see it in the New Testament. He will protect you. 
And there's all kinds of dumb stuff that's out there to be learned and seen and taken hold of, both like things about the Bible, things about politics, things about life. There's all sorts of dumb ideas out there. And there's a lot of people that would love to take from you, would love to exploit your vulnerability. And Jesus is gonna go to work on those guys. And he's also gonna grab that staff and be like trying to pull you back. And you may be even sometimes going, no, no, but this is incredible. I've got two more legs left. This is awesome. And he's pulling you back going, no, no, you're gonna die if you stay there. And so he protects. Yes, he feeds. Yes, he leads. Um, yes, he, he is, um, he's knowing you. But then he also protects you. He's not gonna ever let anybody take away one of his. You're his sheep. And he's not gonna let anybody come between you and him. And even when it's of your own doing, he is constantly protecting you all of the time. So he does this through his promises, through his people. Um, I want to conclude with, um, with a scripture from the end of the Bible because um, sometimes, look, I get it. We, we feel our vulnerability in different ways here, uh, but I want you to know how it ends, all right? I want you to know how it all ends and what will be your experience in heaven. For saints that have gone before us, this is what they're experiencing right now. Check this out in Revelation 7, 15 through 17. It says, Therefore they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple, and he who sits in the throne will shelter them with his presence. Listen to verses 16 and 17. This is your promise, Christian. And if you were to believe in Christ, it's what would be true for you. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them, nor any scorching heat. For the lamb in the midst of their throne will be their shepherd, and he will guide them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. That's your future. That's what's in store for you right there. Abundant life now, and then that kind of life in heaven. He's the good shepherd, y'all. It's time to come home to him. If you've been running, the other promises that you hear seek to destroy, Christ seeks that you would live. I'm going to pray. Lord, would you allow um, many of your sheep to come back into the pen and experience your care and feeding and leadership and protection, and some might even enter into that pen through the door for the first time of Christ crucified and resurrected, that your grace would melt the hearts of rebellion, even for the vulnerability and the, the despair that some have felt in here, that your kind grace and your fierce protection would be experienced. And I pray this in Christ's name, amen.